Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's episode, we've got a special interview for everyone. We are joined by Angel City Defender, star of the new HBO docuseries. We'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. We're joined by Allie Riley. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you. Excited to talk to you. We're excited to have you and we want to let everyone know uh, to go ahead and subscribe to us on YouTube so that they never miss out whenever we have interviews like this and whenever we go live. Um, Allie, this is your first time that we've had you on the show. So let's just start with that. Welcome. And uh, week seven coming up and then in NWSL season is in full swing. How are you? How are things going for Angel City? I can't believe it's week seven. You wait so long for the season to to come and then it goes so fast. So I think we're buzzing right now after our first home win. And it saw us uh, take a pretty large leap up the table, which is really, really relieving. Um, but no, I think it's been coming. The results I think you've seen with our performances, it's been getting better and better. And then to have the win at home, <laughs> ANHPI Heritage Night. It was it was a great success. So I was I was thrilled on on Sunday, and we have a huge game at home again coming up. So the NWSL feels like now with Challenge Cup being interspersed during the season, it's like we've got games coming thick and fast. But um, I'm happy with where the team is, and I think everyone's feeling good. Allie, you just talked about it. Um, a NHPI Heritage Night with Angel City. Talk to us about that. Kind of what did that night encompass for you and, and why does it mean so much specifically for you? Well, I love, first of all, just how intentional the club is with these activations, with these nights. And last year also, I was blown away. And this year, I think having a little bit more time to for the club and all the amazing staff involved to actually prepare and, and get feedback and input from players. I think that's really important too, because they, of course, it's a celebration of, of our communities and of the supporters of the fans, but they want to make sure that the players ourselves who identify with um, different heritages really feel represented. And I just, I was blown away meeting Chloe Kim and, talking with her after the game about ANHPI athletes. I mean, what I was so starstruck. And then we had these similar opinions and feelings and experiences and just felt so optimistic for the future with young people being able to see role models and having especially women who look like them to just open their minds and allow them to dream bigger than we ever could um, you know, I'm sure for for snowboarding and even in soccer, you know, we haven't had that much representation. So it was it was awesome. And then, of course, on the game day, there's all these really cool things, festivities going on that we're not able to 
partake in, but afterwards just being able to look at our social channels, see the, the celebration, the joy. Um, and I know with Juneteenth coming up and with pride, we, as players really want to make sure that these evenings, these months are about joy and yeah. celebrating and sharing stories. Um, you know, I think we face a lot of challenges and adversity. So for us, when we are going to be highlighted, it's really about, about a celebration. And I definitely felt that the win helped, of course. <laughs> yeah. It's good, good energy. Good vibes. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. And talking about even how you said how the difference from last year to, to this year and, and shifting back to what's happening on the pitch now, because as we opened this with week seven, nearly a third of the way through Angel City's second ever season in existence in the NWSL. And Ali, when you think back to the first ever game um, until now and week seven, how has the club grown in the last year and a half? It's it's tricky because when you think of our home opener, the first ever game, it was wildly successful. But our season didn't look like that um, in when you look at the whole thing. So I do think that last year we struggled to, of course, we had these devastating injuries, season-ending injuries. Um, we had unforeseen circumstances with the logistics, our training field, and things that come with an expansion team. And this year, I think just having this mindset of this is year two, progress, progress, progress. And I think you see that without us having won very many games in this first third of the season, I just think that every game bar, maybe San Diego, where I think we did play well, but got punished by those two goals. And I mean, even Casey Stoney said, you know, they, they really, they, of course you make your own luck, but they, they used it in that game. Um, I do think we have just been tracking with our performances. Would I prefer that we had more points? Of course. But if I compare to last season, when we kind of, looked like we were getting somewhere and then we kind of backtracked a little bit or we just didn't really figure out exactly how we wanted to play who we were of course we were we were working on it the whole season but it didn't click necessarily at any point where you suddenly if you were watching were like this is how they play this is what they want to do this is how they defend and this year I think we're definitely finding that and as a defender not conceding goals and having this fortress mentality is, has been a priority, but we have conceded a, a large number of goals, but we're scoring a lot of goals. Yeah. And it just feels like we're so close from putting together that really, I won't say perfect, but a really, really good performance where we're like, we really did everything in our control to make sure we got that win. It felt like we were going to have that last weekend. And then we really dropped off. I think we, the fatigue really showed. So we're always thinking about what we can do to be better, but I, I think we're in a much better place than we were at this point in the season a year ago. Speaking of maybe goal scoring and new things that are contributing to the, to the team in terms of looking a little bit different this year in year two versus year one, number one draft pick, Alyssa Thompson kind of leading the team in goal scored this year, really making a statement, uh, making an early case maybe for, for rookie of the year. Okay. Um, I found this on the web for this year. Really make it. Sorry, I don't know what that was. <laughs> Wasn't hey? We'll just keep, we'll keep moving. Yeah, keep, keep going. No, you're good. Uh, for for Alyssa Thompson, um, this is again so much has been made about 
um, being a high schooler, 18 year old teenager, kind of break busting onto the scene here in NWSL, you're someone that has to go up against her in training every single day. Um, what, what have you seen from, from her as a, as a young player on the field? I just think it's, we forget that she's so young because she fits in so well. She's so professional. She is playing at the highest level. She's scoring goals. She's incredible. And I think she is getting more and more comfortable in terms of traveling and getting to know us. It's, it's a big shift, you know, then she's going to, to high school. She has homework to do. So I think the longer the season goes, the more and more probably she'll feel just part of the team in terms of the social side of it. But if you're, we're talking about the soccer, I mean, she's, as you said, she's leading the way and she's always so receptive to feedback. How can I get better? And I'm saying to her, like, no, like take players on, tell us if you're on and we're not playing you the ball, you know, take space. You, she's, one of us, you know? So I think it's just been such a pleasure to get to know her and her family. And she has such a bright and long future. I really, really hope she makes this world cup team because I think she can, I mean, I'm, I'm glad she wouldn't be in in my group because I think she's so hard to defend it's in training. You know, it's once she gets that speed up, it's impossible to catch her. You see it. And teams, we're like, oh, teams are going to scout her. And you can't you can't stop her because she's just that fast. And I think she manipulates the ball that well. She can clearly score from pretty much any angle. Um, but I think one of the key parts to what I believe will be our success this season is that we have Alyssa, but we also have Katie Johnson. We also have June Endo, Claire Emsley. We have Scarlett able to come in and she's competing for that starting spot. Savannah McCaskill, like we have depth. We have Mac Pluck, who's, you know, just finished her school. She's in the mix. So I think that kind of depth is something we also didn't have last year, of course, with injuries, but we also have Sydney LaRue coming back, returning to play Kristen Press. So I just think that no one in the league has seen us at our best yet. And that's not just the players who are healthy now making improvements. It's we've got these amazing players who are just chomping at the bit to come back. And, you know, I think watching Sid train right now individually, she is she is going to be so good when she comes back. And she's so hungry sitting out for her of all, all of us hate injuries, but for, for her, it's been really tough. So she's so excited. I think she's going to have a great season this year. You make such a great point. I mean, listing off the incredible talent that Angel City has on their roster. And and we, we started this little combo about the team in, in looking at Alyssa Thompson specifically. And you said the first thing, uh, we forget how young she is. She is still in high school. And yeah. Allie, I know you and her share a high school. Uh, you went to the same high school, Harvard-Westlake in Los Angeles. And I heard that recently you re returned to high school. You sat in on English class. Tell us about this. What happened? How how did you get yep. roped in to going back to school with Alyssa Thompson? I went to high school yesterday and you know what? I think I fit right in. Alyssa only said I was embarrassing her one time. Um, I made friends, you know, I've been invited to hang out again. Uh, I, the class, things are so different than what I remember from, from high school, but it was so cool to see her in her element and see her with her peers and 
I think her friends are so excited for her. The school is so proud of her and that's, that's how we feel, but to sit there and she gave a presentation and I was, you know, in the class. And then I got to ask some discussion questions and discuss social media and artificial intelligence. And I was on cloud nine. I didn't appreciate any of this. Of course, we weren't talking about AI and social media when I was in high school, right. but I didn't appreciate being in school, you know, until of course you don't have to be in school anymore. So it was, it was very surreal to be back there, be in the cafeteria. Um, but I just think it's fun. You know, Alyssa has come into this world that I've been a part of since I was, you know, since about 2010. And then for me to be able to kind of join her in her world, carpool to school, meet her friends and everyone's getting ready for prom and graduation and wearing their college sweatshirts. It was so cool. It made me feel very young and just very grateful for her friendship. And also just to look back at like where I've come and how long ago that was. And yeah, it gave me a lot of perspective and perspective is always very healthy. A little blast from the past, right? Returning to the halls. <laughs> a big blast from the past. <laughs> Talk about AI now. Jeez. Yeah. I didn't know everyone was using it to do their homework. Uh, oh, exposing them, putting them on blast. These kids are smart. They're too smart for us. <laughs> but uh, something else we wanted to chat uh, with you about, Ali, while we've got some, some time with you is HBO is in the process of um, dropping a docuseries about Angel City. And, you know, we've gotten a, a sneak peek at the at the docuseries. We're also excited about it because uh, in our sneak peek, we saw that Attacking Third actually makes an appearance or two within it. But a lot of it is storytelling around Angel City and that inaugural season and really the build up to bring a team to Los Angeles. So just wanted to get your perspective as one of those inaugural players, a player now in year two with this club, what was it like kind of having this, this crew or this docuseries kind of follow players around in that first season? It's always a little bit uncomfortable at first, you know, and it's hard to be completely natural, I think, and, and not, worry too much about what I'm saying or what other people are going to see or think. But when Natalie Portman really explained to us what her goals were in making the documentary, which I, I do think come through very clearly from what I've seen and what I've heard, it was not to embarrass us. It wasn't to be a reality TV show. It wasn't to make anyone look like a villain. It was really to tell, to share the experiences, the story, the work, the passion that's gone into this club, this club that has so much visibility and people are talking about. So I think it's so good to, to match this excitement around this club and all the work that the club is doing to then pair that with this story about how the club came to be. And I hope that it inspires other companies and clubs and federations too empower more women to hire women in leadership positions. I hope it inspires athletes, former athletes to get involved, stay involved in sport. You know, I, it's changed my outlook a lot about what I could do after I play soccer, just getting to know some of our owners, some of the 99ers, um, Julie Ehrman, Kara, I think, it's just, it's eye-opening even for those of us who have been a part of it to really see what it took and yeah, how it could potentially be translated in other areas. And I think for me with this team of, and in general, I think women athletes, 
the challenges we've had to face while still, I mean, with, with these incredible role models who have side hustles, who are raising yeah. families, who have come back from pregnancy, who, um, you know, have foundations, charities, businesses, Jazz Spencer. I mean, we you, the yeah. list goes on and on of players who are doing incredible things. And so this documentary was another way to highlight them and give them a platform and show people out there just what it's like for us. And specifically, of course, Angel City and the expansion team, but just in general, the more coverage, the more positive coverage and coverage with quality, like in this case, of course, with an HBO documentary that about women's sports, I just think it, the impact can be really far reaching, especially when you have someone like Natalie promoting it and talking about it in so many different avenues. But I, again, I, I think this team, this club in general is led by so many amazing women. So for them to get this Hollywood treatment and, and this experience, this exposure with, of course, it being real, I, there are parts in it. I know that you, you know, your heart starts racing. You're like, what's happening here. And this is not a what, what people want to ideally experience in any job, whether it's injury or difference of opinions or, you know, with staff members not getting along, those kind of things, trades happening. So I think it d does give a real look, but that also contributes to the, the positivity of it. Because if it was all just everything's great to be a woman in sport, everything's great when you're an athlete, everything's great as an expansion team, that wouldn't necessarily push the the ceiling in the way we want to so I think that and again I haven't seen the final cut but I think finding that balance was the priority and yeah. from what I've heard it was it was achieved yeah it's really a powerful documentary because it does follow the inception of the team and it dives a little bit into different players stories and different backgrounds and they do such a great job of um building uh, up the insight of what was happening within the team, outside the team, how it came to be. It's it's so powerful. And it's very cool because Sandra and I got to cover um, Angel City in its first year as uh, attacking third and covering the league. And then to kind of rewatch it again through a bit more of a cinematic eye was very cool. So Allie, for you, in I know you haven't seen the final cut of this yet, but it, it does talk about the build up to the first season and then ultimately the first season and how it all went down. And um, there they talk a lot about the first regular season game for the club versus North Carolina. Angel City gets the win. It's at home. You you mentioned that. You actually referenced this game at the very top of this episode and the top of this interview. But for you, uh, a starter on this Angel City side, captain, you play 90 minutes, you're returning to your hometown to play after the game, the win over North Carolina, you stand in the end of the field in front of the supporters section, looking at the supporters, take us back to that moment. What was going through your mind after that first angel city home win, looking at the supporters section? This is one of the reasons why I'm so glad that this documentary happened because for me, and I think players, other players, I think will identify this when we're at the back end of our careers and we've been, doing this for so long and haven't had the support, haven't had the salary, has, haven't had a CBA, haven't had resources. That night just felt, I felt so much hope and I felt a lot of pride being part of the club that is doing these incredible things. 
But for me, I think the overwhelming feeling was really just so hopeful mm-hmm. and being overwhelmed and, and also surprised, which I, I've talked about a lot because it's something that someone like Alyssa um, or her sister or young girls watching that game. And I know Glennon and Abby referenced it because there were girls there who that was the first game they saw and every game since has been incredible and they've seen women be supported and loved and cheered on and a, a, a woman's club that people have tattoos of the crest, you know, that's nothing, nothing that I ever could have imagined. And I think on top of that, June Endo was player of the match and she's speaking in Japanese after the game, there's Japanese flags, they're grown AANHPI people crying in the stands because they saw someone do something incredible in a sporting environment that they hadn't been able to see a lot of when they were younger. Um, And I think just that overwhelming feeling of positivity and love and hope and just, again, for me, surprise relief, I guess, that a team was finally back after 12 years and I'd been waiting and waiting and really felt that it was never going to happen. You know, if you're like with the LA Soul, if that team with incredible players on the team, probably the most high profile team to date at that time, they couldn't make it work, you know? And then the year after that, the year after that, it's never going to happen. So it was, it was so, so many positive emotions, but also some of the kind of, some of my emotions were really, um, showed me how much of society and how people talk about women's sports and women's soccer. And what I had experienced up until that point really was pretty limiting and like soul crushing that I, in that moment was like, I can't believe that 20,000 people want to watch us play soccer. When of course, of course, people are hungry to watch us and people support women and it's a good investment and the club is doing so well, all these things, but yeah, it was, it was just, yeah, I felt so many amazing emotions in that time that really made me, gave me again, this perspective about what my career has been like this far. And then that I want to keep this going for the future generations, that it's not just one club that has 22,000 on their opening night. Now we have San Diego that with the, you know, are able to break that number, but when will more clubs be having that the new ones coming in, what will their support be like? And I really think that this club is by sharing not only the documentary, but in general, their sponsorship model and what they've done with merchandise and with all the different pieces that go into building this business are, we're really hoping that it's just gonna kick off this whole cultural change. Yeah. Like hearing you sort of recap all this kind of like even gives me chills because it's just like thinking about even just the return, the long return back to, to California for women's pro soccer and the iterations that took place before it. And hearing you talk about your, your place within this picture that you're someone that can look back and remember the the struggles and the battle to sort of get uh, a team back into the California area. And now it sort of feels like we're watching kind of a very uh, transformational time, not just for the league, but maybe in in this case, um, women's pro soccer within just the state of California. So while it's Angel City, the wave, I mean, they just made the announcement for the Bay Area. There's even more pro teams that are coming into this. 
I I feel your energy and it's it's easy to get emotional about I, I think yeah. because of of what you knew kind of came before then right and I think having this docu-series that's so important to have because it's like this little kind of tangible historical document that you can kind of look at and point at and see so while you're in in this position right now maybe Alyssa Thompson is in a similar position in in year 21 versus year you in year 11 of of NWSL kind of talking about these things and and probably to somebody else maybe not to me or Lisa but someone else who's like (laughs) in the same position to to talk about this but um, this has been a a wonderful conversation and and we don't want to keep you too much longer because we know you are busy and have things to do Um, but in terms of that next step and what you want to see come next not just for Angel City but even in as in the league as a whole what would you like to see moving forward? I think this this first CBA has been such an important step. Obviously, it took way too long to get a players association and to to do to have a CBA. But I think that the players, I mean, we're able to talk so positively about the changes in the league, but it was just a season and a half ago that we were about to strike and, you know, and games were coming together to really make a stand as players because players were being abused. So I think I want to keep this momentum going, keep the the perspective of now anyone, of course, there's the the struggle, like you mentioned, of those of us who have been around for a very long time. But anyone who's been in the league for two seasons now was part of what was going on in 2021 in terms of the players taking a stand. <clears throat> and I've just seen now the power of the collective. And so what I want for this league and for the players in the league to not underestimate how powerful we are when we come together. And I think the commissioner is very aware of that, is is open-minded, is making positive changes. But I feel like if for some reason we weren't to keep making progress, the players are so empowered and really have are in a position to hold the league accountable, to hold their owners accountable, to hold sponsors accountable, um, coaches. And so I just hope that as the league keeps growing, that there is that power of the collective is there to continue to make sure that there is progress. We're going to look at you know, free agency than the restricted free agency. And it's just going to change things. And it's easy when there are more teams, um, I think for some things to get lost. And I think for people to be so positive about the growth of the game that you maybe stop having that drive to like, no, we got to make sure the top end is getting higher, but also everyone at the bottom is also being lifted up. And I think what I also hope for is the NWSL that is doing these important changes, that there's a kind of global effect that we're able to take our learnings. And I, you know, I've spoken to Megan Burke about this to make sure that with, with respecting other leagues and the college system um, have their own. So well, I don't, not the college system, but other leagues have their own associations and federations, but the more we can work together to help each other, because What's happened in this league is a not isolated. We know what's going on in the college game. We know what's going on in other leagues. And so it's like, how can we, this collective we formed in the NWSL, how can we really embrace the women in other leagues, even other sports? Because when we put our minds together, 
I think we're unstoppable. And I think with the help of social media and media, when you're talking to the right people, those messages get heard. So that's where I just hope we can keep pushing and everyone believes that we can keep pushing because we have that power together. I love that. Uh, solidarity, progress, um, global impact. Um, that's a, that's I think we have to end it there. There's that's a mic drop from you. <laughs> I want to thank you for, for joining us on a, uh, on a tacky third. We always thank our audience for listening along to these interviews. So shout out to everybody who's joining us along the way. You can watch angel city, the HBO docuseries on May 16th on HBO and HBO max. You can catch Allie in action every weekend with angel city. Be sure to download, follow and subscribe to attacking third. So that you never miss out on an episode for Allie, Lisa, and myself. This was the second episode.